friend. Blink. This is Mountain Hippie Radio. Welcome to Hippie Church. I'm your host, Allie Wags. Thanks for being here. On today's show, what are we going to do? I don't know, because I'm still trying this whole loosey-goosey thing out. Um, I feel like today's show might need a disclaimer. So I'm going to give an arbitrary disclaimer with the idea of what I will likely be talking about. So on the show, I will likely use an awkward sports metaphor. I will likely talk about cannabis and potentially I will sing. If any of those upset you in any way, I invite you to pause and come back to another episode at another time. For those of you who are intrigued by that weird assortment of topics, welcome to the shit show. (laughs) I have so many things to say and I can't figure out all of these metaphors are sort of swimming around in my head and I can't put them together. So I'm going to give it a shot now because I haven't been able to do it by myself. So why wouldn't I be able to do it while in front of this microphone? Okay. So, oh shit, I don't even know where to go. Oh my gosh. All right. So, awkward sports metaphor. All right, let's go there. So, I am cross country skiing a lot this winter. I have rekindled my love with the sport and have been exploring both classic Nordic skiing and skate skiing. And one of my teachers is helping me to work on balancing what's called the kick and the glide. So the kick is the movement of your leg kicking forward, propelling you forward. And then the glide is what happens next. And that's when you're balancing on one ski and you're essentially gliding on that ski. There's no effort exerted by you at this point. And unsurprisingly, I had been skiing with too much kick. I had been efforting too much because the sensation of gliding at first is a little uncomfortable, right? You are one on snow. You are on a very narrow surface and you're moving, So literally, like your base, the ground is moving underneath you. And in those moments of movement and a little bit of insecurity, you're trying to find ease. You are literally not, you don't want to move at all and not, you don't want to effort. That is what I'm trying to say. You don't want to effort during the glide because that's your rest And then you kick again, and you glide again, and you kick again, and you glide again. And so not surprising, I, (laughs) little miss, straight A student, recovering people pleaser, was doing too much. I was efforting too much to the point where I was almost running with really long shoes on. 
And so for the last week, I've been playing with that sensation and exploring what it feels like in my body to one, be a little uncomfortable by it. But once you get past that little bit of discomfort, oh my gosh, it's so nice. It's so beautiful that that respite, that ease, that joy, that flow, that effortlessness that you're being propelled forward, but in that moment, you are not contributing. Something else is contributing. That back and forth, that dance, oh. And what's been so interesting is that for the longest time, I had been really, really resistant, obviously. And once I got past that little wobbly point and I found my balance because part of it is you're shifting your weight onto one ski and your entire body weight is on that ski ideally for the most part and that takes a lot of trust that takes finding your balance point so how far you have to be forward or back depending on the terrain depending on your body type all of those things and finding that sweet spot for me was a little awkward I sort of like looked silly (laughs) trying to figure it out. Sometimes I almost fell over like I was slipping on a banana peel in a Mickey Mouse cartoon. And what's so interesting to me about that is that what, what does that show us about our lives outside of skiing? How does that idea of balancing effort and balancing ease. How does that play out in my daily life, in your daily life? And chances are, for most of us, we are doing entirely too much kicking. We are spinning our wheels. We are grinding our teeth. We are gritting through things and bearing them because we don't know how to glide. We don't know how to glide because we live in a culture where gliding is considered lazy. Nobody humble brags about how lazy they've been. That's not the culture we live in. And so therefore we have this really skewed balance How can we balance the effort in our lives? Not stop it altogether. This is not one of those pendulums. We're trying to find the balance. How can we ease up just a little bit in the effort department? Ease up in the negative self-talk just a little bit. Ease up in the constantly feeling like we have to be doing something. Ambitions are great. But where is the balance for them? Where are the moments where you give yourself permission just to be? With no purpose, with no agenda, with no intention other than to be. I am tired of efforting. I am tired of gritting my teeth. I am tired of paddling upstream. I will not do it anymore. Does that mean I'm going to stop? 
doing anything? Am I just going to hole up in my house? No. Action is different than effort. Effort, motivation, those energies, done. Absolutely done. Why? Because I've felt those in their extremes and I don't need to go back there. I can identify that that is part of me that needs to be balanced by something else. And that something else is is an energy that is receiving, that is listening, that is being. It's more passive in the sense that outwardly you're not seeing me necessarily doing anything. But it's it's an active presence. It's giving myself permission to be in my physical body, to feel the sensations inside my physical body. To notice the details of this moment. It's snowing outside. I've got a candle lit and it's snowing those big, fat, swoopy flakes that sort of go back and forth, fluttering down and down. If I'm too focused on on what I'm doing, if I am back-to-back, booked with appointments and shuttling children and this, that, and the other, if I'm doing all of that, I might miss the big, fat, fluffy flakes. I might miss the way that candle looks against the backdrop of white. And these sensory details, this is how we connect to something higher. When we're tapped into our senses, when we're feeling in our bodies, our senses, when we're listening to music, when we're smelling cookies, when we are touching a very soft fabric, when we're doing any of those things, it's really difficult to think and feel at the same time. And so... The way that I've started to learn how to glide in my personal life is to start tapping into those senses. It's to start giving myself permission to be with no agenda. To lay on the grass and look up at the sky and that's it. To find moments in between the action in between the kicking to find that glide. And the more that I start to tap into myself on an energetic level, the other stuff just gets easier. It gets easier because old beliefs have have melted away. It gets easier because you just get to the point where you can't really hear those old complaints. Something will come up and you know that it should trigger something, but it's just really faint. 
you remember that that thing, oh yeah, that used to be a really big deal, but now it's gone. I think in spiritual circles, there is a lot of emphasis on the more kicking side of spiritual practice. So we will do our sun salutations 108 times, or we will do our breathing X number of times. We will be those little yogi soldiers who are preparing themselves for receiving. We're propelling ourselves forward. But I think what some yogis mess is the reception, is the glide. We can prepare ourselves for that moment and then we need to sit and listen. If we are constantly doing, even if the doing is for spiritual purposes, even if the doing is breath work and meditation and all of these things, even if those things are the doing, you've still got to leave space for the receiving. You've got to leave space for the glide. Let somebody help you out. You are not doing this alone. We act like we are doing this alone, that if we don't fixate on every single detail, it won't come to fruition. But that is just not true. You are not doing this alone, and neither am I. And you can hear in this podcast me struggling. No, we're not going to use that word. What are we going to use instead? Struggling, juggling. Ooh, see? Rhymes. Always love that. Me juggling both of these ideas. This is something that I'm trying to figure out on my own as well. How much am I getting my hands dirty? In what way am I getting my hands dirty? Is it appropriate right now for me to do something about this thing that I'm worried about? Or is it more appropriate for me to sit and listen for an answer? Kick, glide, kick, glide. Balancing those two has been huge for me. But it would not have happened without me using cannabis. Without me incorporating cannabis into my meditative practices, into my spiritual practices. And perhaps, yes, it would have happened. Whatever. It happened to me this way. And I feel the need to say that out loud. Because I'm looking around and everybody's efforting. And I was efforting too. And I couldn't figure out why I kept hitting the wall effort after effort after effort. And it was because I didn't know how to glide. I did not know how to sit and receive and listen and trust and believe. I didn't know how to do those things. It's not my fault. It's not a big deal. I know how to do it now. Woohoo! 
And when I started to, and this totally happened by accident, I was early on in my meditation practice and had forgotten to meditate that morning. I had taken a hit and then we were about to head out the door and I realized that I hadn't meditated. And I really wanted to meditate because it was really important to me to keep this momentum up. So I told my husband to wait and I sat and I closed my eyes, not thinking about the hit that I had taken. And oh my God. Oh my God. The balance of the structure of meditation. So having a meditative technique or strategy or whatever, you can follow your breathing, you can count, there are all sorts of, you can use a mantra. Having some sort of meditation framework, giving me that structure, and then incorporating the cannabis to allow for that reception. It was life-changing. A thousand percent life-changing. The way I felt in that moment, I understood what every meditation teacher, what every yoga teacher had been telling me before that I didn't understand. There was just, I was on the cusp of something and I couldn't figure it out on my own. And then I brought in a plant designed to offer whatever is needed in that moment. And that's what was given to me. Little glimmers of how luxurious it felt to be inside my body with no purpose. All the sensations, all of the energy I could feel tingling in body parts I hadn't felt it from the inside before radiating up and down moving all around I was present for it all and that changed my life that's why I have a daily meditation practice and have had one for three years at this point since that moment Do I smoke every single time I meditate? Absolutely not. Do I some of the time? Absolutely I do. There is something so beautiful about that pairing that I'm still trying to understand. No, that's not true. I understand it. I'm struggling to articulate it. I can feel it. The whole reason this podcast exists, the whole reason that I feel so strongly about the importance of you connecting to that higher self is that that is what I've experienced and that's what changed everything. All of the little things. You think you have a hundred thousand problems of what to eat and this, that, 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 doesn't matter. You figure out this one problem, that's it. Everything sorts itself out. You don't have to do this alone. I don't have to do this alone. 
And if none of this sounds appealing to you at all, don't do it. That's the whole point of all of this. This is the whole point of this show. If something doesn't feel good to you, for God's sakes, don't do it. I don't know if smoking cannabis is good for you or not, but you do. And I would encourage you, if you are curious, if you, like me, have struggled with that idea of balancing the effort that you are engaging in in your physical body and allowing some support, some outside support, if you've been struggling with that balance and are curious about cannabis, I would invite you to try it. I'm going to record this week and upload at the end of the week a guided cannabis meditation. So if you want to check it out, go ahead. Let me know how your experience is if you feel comfortable sharing. If not, that's okay. If none of this sounds appealing to you, please don't do it. The whole point of all of this is to encourage you to figure out what's right for you. And since I don't know what that is, the only thing I can share is what's right for me. And either it'll resonate with you and you'll think, yippee, let me go try that. Or it won't and that'll give you another piece of information to fill in your puzzle. It might trigger you to try something else. Last week, I mentioned Dear Prudence. And I mentioned how the story was, or how the story, how the song was written, the story of the song being written. And for those of you who might might have missed it, Prudence Farrow went to India to study meditation, was there when the Beatles were there. She was super into meditation, so much so that she would lock herself up in the room. And she would meditate all day, every day. And people were starting to get worried because it seemed a little, little fanatic, a little crazy. And so apparently she was fond of George Harrison and John Lennon. And the group sent those two in to encourage her to come out. And at one point they stormed in there singing Obla Di, Obla Da. And, and then eventually John Lennon wrote a song. And that song, of course, is Dear Prudence. And when I told that story, I mentioned that Prudence had had a really gnarly acid trip. And that was part of the reason that she wanted to meditate. She wanted to learn meditation because she wanted to experience that level of consciousness. But she wanted to titrate it. She wanted to have more agency and control over that experience. And so that's why she was so crazy about meditation. That's why her actions were actually not crazy. They were in line with the feelings that she had inside her. Prudence would go on to teach meditation and has taught meditation since 1970. What she was doing was not crazy. It seemed like it to the outside world because no one knew how she felt inside No one knew that to her, it wasn't crazy. To her, it felt 
perfect. And so when we're talking about balancing kick and glide, when we're talking about these different spiritual practices, when we're talking about incorporating entheogens and LSD and cannabis, when we're talking about these things, it's not that one is better or right or wrong. That's not it. These are all tools for you to tap in to what you feel inside. That cannabis was my way to figure out how my connection worked and to start exploring my connection. That was my portal. In different part in different times of my life, that portal was athletics or maybe romance or something else. There are so many ways to explore this connection inside you. And the only way to know what to do next is to check in with how you feel. How does it feel? Are you kicking too much? Are you gliding too much? Where is your balance? Where is your momentum? What are you experiencing right now? And how can you balance that to make it feel more whole, more complete? I don't know the answers to those questions for you, but I know that it's been really fun to explore the answers to mine. And it's been really fun because the whole point is to go towards something that's fun. Go towards something that feels easy. Go towards something that feels playful. That's the work, people. You can do as many push-ups as you want. If you want to do push-ups, you don't want to fucking do push-ups, don't do push-ups. There is no one way to enlightenment here. Go on a ski trip. Go on an acid trip. Whatever calls to you right now in this moment, however silly or small or dorky it is, color, hula hoop, looking frantically all over the room for read. There we go. Books. (laughs) Do whatever feels good. Explore what it's like to be. Can you for 15 minutes today, you don't even have to meditate. I'm not even telling you to meditate. For 15 minutes today, can you put away your phone? Can you leave everybody else alone? And can you just be? I don't care what you do. You don't have to do anything. That's the whole point. Be. Being is the doing. That was a ridiculous sentence I just had to note. Anyway, anyway. So, oh, I lost my train of thought. I was doing so good. Damn it. All right. Next time, no self-deprecating humor. So, oh, well, I guess guess that's our show today. I don't know how that works. Um, Let's see. I feel like you got it. You totally haven't. I don't have it. I'm done. That's our show today. Until next time.
This is Mountain Hippie Radio.